Welcome, everyone. CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, October the 12th, uh, as we record this one tonight. Um, UVA coming off a bye week. Uh, not a whole lot, I guess, to, to kind of catch up on over the last week, so we're going to kind of talk a little bit maybe more about previewing Pitt tonight than we might in most shows. Um, and I also, I, I'm going to sneak in a little basketball talk um, here at the end, um, just because we're getting closer and closer to the start of the 2016-2017 season. Um, there's already the the freshman will be good, freshman won't be good debate going on on the board. So I figured maybe tonight wouldn't be a bad idea to kind of see where expectations are as the uh, preseason polls and all that fun stuff start to get released. So before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody out in Fishersville. David Spence, welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you, Mr. Franklin. David Spence, who days on the board at who days on Twitter. He totally punted on saying Brad funny. <laughs> uh, staff writer Justin Ferber is up in Arlington and he's back on the show as well. Welcome back, sir. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> he doesn't really say it like that, but that is weird. Yeah. Um, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner, also on Twitter, Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, Ferber, are, are the Nats playing tonight or do they play tomorrow? Tomorrow night. Okay, so you don't have to be pulling double duty. Good. So so this kind of worked out, so you didn't have to worry about uh, you know trying to pretend like you're paying attention to us when you're really just paying attention to the Nats. Got it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, something like so Virginia didn't play a game Saturday, uh, so we don't have a lot to <laughs> to cover, so to speak. Uh, but I, I, I think this is an interesting game that they have coming up on Saturday, the first of a, a crucial three-game homestand. Um, will make or break uh, the season for a lot of people, probably not in the big scheme of things. What really will make or break is just in, are they able to continue to improve the way we kind of see them improve. And I, I thought it was interesting to hear Pat Narduzzi today on the ACC call basically Saying that, it's like when you he's watched you know film obviously of of each one of their games and you can see uh, the team getting better. Um, Ferber, you, you had the the five to watch and you had Ewan Price at one. Uh, my guess is is that 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 probably means that you're you're kind of seeing this as a as a game maybe Virginia can win if the offense can can continue to kind of be who it's been the past couple games. What's your general feel going into this weekend's game? Uh, what, what do you? What are your general thoughts about this matchup and kind of what some of the keys are for Virginia to win it? Sure, uh, I actually am in the process of finishing up our game preview that'll go live, I guess, tomorrow afternoon, or if you're listening to this this afternoon. Um, and their offense puts up a lot of points. They're uh, they're averaging thirty seven point three a game. But when you look at the stats, it's kind of hard to see where they're coming from because they don't really have an explosive passing game. Uh, they they throw the ball. Uh, you know, not that much. Uh, they throw the ball for a little bit less than 200 yards per game. Uh, P- Peterman is efficient. He, you know, he completes 65% of his passes. He doesn't turn the ball over much, uh, but he has nine touchdowns on the season through six games. So it's not exactly like he's shredding it through the air. And uh, their ground attack is very solid. Uh, they're averaging about five yards a carry. So uh, definitely going to be the primary thing for the UVA defense is to kind of make them beat UVA through the air if they have to. And, uh, I mean, their leading receiver on the season has 17 receptions. So, I think – I don't know exactly off the top of my head where they would put him on UVA's receiving list, but I think it would probably be like fourth or fifth, um, just going off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they're not going to beat themselves offensively. It seems like they don't turn the ball over very much. And uh, they kind of just 
try to sustain drives with solid running plays. They're not trying to beat you over the top or anything like that, like some of the other teams that UVA has played this year. But um, I think that UVA can handle their offense. Uh, the question is, even though they you know they put up a lot of points throughout the season, but the question is whether or not the offense for UVA can sustain uh, what they've been able to do over the last few weeks. And you know, Pitt's defense is allowing about 31 points per game, so it's not exactly like you know they're a stalwart on that side of the ball at this point. Uh, they allowed 34 to Georgia Tech last week. They allowed 37 to North Carolina in their other ACC game. The only game where they really shut the, the opponent down uh, was Villanova. You know, they, they gave up seven in that game. But uh, I think UVA, if they can, if they can find a way to keep Price out of the backfield, that's going to be a huge factor in the game because uh, that's the kind of play that Pitt thrives on. Uh, just puts you behind the sticks and makes you work harder to get first downs. Whereas uh, they're not, you know, gambling as much on defense, trying to win on turnovers or anything like that. It's more of, you know, try to get the other offense off the field, put them in tough positions or to succeed and kind of just play sound, um, which isn't honestly unlike how UVA's defense plays in a lot of situations as well. But uh, I think the pass rush for Pitt versus UVA's offensive line, which has performed well, is a definitely a big key to the game. Yeah, that's a you know, that's a really a good kind of uh, synopsis a little bit. Of, I, I kind of agree. I, I tend to think that as I look at this game, I, when I read uh, Peak uh, Chris uh, Peak, who is the publisher at Panther Lair, uh, helped us out on the behind enemy lines this weekend. I, when I read his stuff, you know, a lot of it was like it was. I don't want to say it was eye opening, but it was a different perspective. And the more I kind of looked at Pitt, the more it kind of made a lot of sense. Like you're right. Like they're not. They have this. They have their. They have the ability to score points, but you but you look at the numbers and you're like, okay, where's the Where's the juggernaut? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're putting up a lot of points per game. How are you able to do it? And, and it seems like a lot of it is being generated by just the fact that they're able to get team. you know, they're able to put teams in bad spots because they're getting so much production from Price and, and some of these guys on the defensive line. Uh, I agree with you. I kind of feel like Virginia's, Virginia's game plan for this in terms of the keys to win the game, a lot of it just kind of is, is consistent with, with what the, the Cavaliers have kind of faced, right? Like, you know they got to continue to be. They, they got to keep moving the chains. You know they're going to have to hit some big plays. Uh, I think we we watch this offense each week. I think we understand just how important it is, especially in the scramble plays. Been a lot of talk about that the last week or so. Um, just about how good Virginia is at, at getting downfield uh, when when a play looks like it's broken down, and that's by design, which is probably why they're so successful at it. Um, but you know the the thing about Pitt that scares me in terms of its offense is, is the tight end position. This is a team. If you think about like who who in the league right now really uses tight ends, think about that. Like who in the league really uses their tight ends? Pitt is kind of like chief on that list, right? And I feel like that's something that that might be able to hurt UVA in this game. Um, not necessarily. I mean, it's almost something I expected more of from Duke, honestly. But I just feel like Virginia was getting. Um, you know, was was causing them so many headaches in the passing game that they just weren't able to really c- ever find their comfort zone. Um, I, I don't really. <laughs> maybe they maybe they throw that that trick play again and they're 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 rumbling the tackle down the field. Um, but I, but I really think Pitt's tight ends could be a, a difference maker, and it's one of those things that's going to make a lot more sense as the game unfolds. And it will be like if we if we like try to highlight it in like in an article or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it just I, I like their tight ends. They, they're deep at that position. Um, and, and I do think that the, the fact that they are a team that wants to run the ball, that it does kind of impl- it kind, kind of it will draw the safeties up. And that's something Bronco talked about today on the uh, on the ACC teleconference, basically. Like if your safeties are your playmakers, then your offense, the offenses that you're facing are happy, because what that means is, is that 
that you're getting to the second level and 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 so I, I guess sometimes I see Quinn's tackle numbers and you think it's much better if Micah has those tackles than it is for Quinn because usually that's probably not a good sign. But I do think that if if Virginia's creeping up to the line to stop the run, and they we know they've been susceptible early this season uh, to the to the deep pass, uh, that's one thing I, I do think. And you're right, Peterman is a guy who is really, you know, he's really efficient with the ball. He doesn't seem to make a ton of mistakes. Dave, what about you? What are your what's your general vibe? Uh, on this game what's what's your uh as the as the game draws closer i know how your i know how your your virginia fan gut works you you start to be really you know, almost like not necessarily overconfident but you have some confidence and as the game draws closer you get a little bit less confident as, as each day passes but wh- where are you at now uh with this thing what's your general vibe well my sister getting married saturday and me effectively not being able to watch the second half of the game has really messed up any vibe i had oh my gosh um, and Ferber can't be there because he has some work thing <laughs> Um, so, so basically I'm going to be the only one of the three of us that actually like watches this game. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be get to watching it. It's not from there. That's yeah. Unfortunate. So anyway, you know, that's messed up my vibe a little bit, but you know, I've got into, it's weird. We talked last week kind of, you know, kind of about where the other teams were, or what we saw in the ACC at this point, because you know, five or six games in, um, you're starting to get a feeling for who these teams are. Mm-hmm. And then I go start digging into Pittsburgh and I've got no clue what they are. You know, Ferber kind of alluded to it. They score 37 points a game, but they're not explosive. They give up 31 points a game, but they're a top 10 rushing defense. Um, it's because their passing defense is the worst. Yeah. But you they're would awful. think if you're a top 10 passing you know, rush defense after playing Georgia tech in North Carolina, who run the ball pretty well, um, you know, Georgia tech, especially, but the, you would think of a team is that good of a rush defense that you're going to be in third and long often, which the pass defense shouldn't be that horrible. So like it's, there's such an interesting team to look at stats wise. Um, but as far as what they present, you know, physically, <laughs> and, you know, certainly they're, they run the ball and they depend on it. It's going to be a, a challenge for our undersized outside linebackers that we've played a lot with. Um, you know, Jordan Mack especially, I think this is going to be a game he's got to show he can get off blocks. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of of substitutions we make if they're able to run the ball effectively. Um, you mentioned the safeties creeping down to have to help with the run. I mean, I think you're going to have to see that because Narduzzi's the type that will, you know, he'll run it every play if that's what it takes. Um, you know, he's an old school guy. So it will be a challenge. I think, you know, we, we all feel pretty confident that Andrew will be back Saturday, but Certainly, that will be a huge, a huge component of what we can do on Saturday. Um, we'll need all the defensive line depth we can get. We'll need our outside linebackers to play well so that we can stop the run without bringing pressure. Um, score. I mean, everyone scored against us. Um, and then you look at the offenses. They're, a, I want to say, they're top thirty in the country in rushing offense and near the bottom in passing. And we're the other way around. Um, so it'll be their defense is. their defense can get after the quarterbacks um, and they can stop the run. But I think we've got to, we've got to be committed to running the ball um, and have some success with it. So I I was a lot more optimistic about this game at the end of the Duke game than I am now, which is pretty much how it normally happens. Of course. I guess we're right on, right on pace. (laughs) Well, the thing here in Narduzzi today on the teleconference, breaking down the, the, the dash play. Did you guys see that? Where he's like, yeah. you know, they like to do this and they like to do that. And I'm thinking, you know, why would you – like, I understand, like, 
I mean, look, as a, as a media dude, I appreciate when coaches are, you know, super honest. They're like, yeah, they do this thing, and this is this is great. Why would you say it out loud? Like, why? why? Probably because you can't figure out how to stop it. Well, no, but like, even if you could, even if you couldn't, like, I, I mean, like, I guess, I guess, as coaches, you just like, there's a certain paranoia for coaches, and then sometimes they just don't even care. And it me always seems to me the thing that they don't care about is the thing that like just makes the most common sense, right? Like, don't talk to me about your injuries, but please tell, break down how they how the the offense that you're getting ready to face does a specific thing that you've clearly mapped out. Like, okay. Like, I, I just didn't see any – I mean, I, it was fascinating, and I appreciated it, but at the same time I thought, like, yeah, should you really be saying this out loud? But anyway, um, I, I go back to something you said a minute ago, which is that Virginia has to run the ball, and I could not agree with that more. I think that's the thing – like, it made sense in some ways in the Duke game that Virginia was going to have to – you know, that they, they were throwing the balls – I mean, they were so about it, right? They were so about throwing the ball. And I just don't know if you can win this game – with the similar kind of game plan. And the reason I say that is because even though Pitt's passing defense is horrible, like you can't basically telegraph to them that you're going to throw. I think one of the reasons that their pass defense has struggled is because teams have been able to, to, to make that happen. Right. It's been able to, they've been able to put Pitt in a position, not necessarily just say, okay, we're going to throw it around the yard and dare you to stop it. Um, maybe that's what Virginia does. And, and Kurt Benkirk has a really good day. Um, but I, 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 I tend to agree with you. I think that Virginia has to find a way to, to, to consistently get some yards on the ground, you know, pick up the, pick up the chains. I mean, you have, you have to keep doing that. And the thing, the thing that I struggle with uh, in looking at this game is, one, we don't know um, Avante Mag- Mad- Maddox's status. Um, that was really hard to say. Um, the cornerback, it sounds like he's going to be out, but we, we don't know yet. Look, you got a horrible pass defense, and you're taking away one of their better um, playmakers. I'm, you know, I'm a little dubious uh, about pitch chances to slow Virginia down as is. Um, the other thing is like, it's funny to talk about James Conner because like the uh, when James Conner was good, Virginia like stoned him, right? And now he's like not as good, and I and I'm worried. I'm like, well, maybe maybe the you know Carmel will come back around. Um, <laughs> but Peak was talking about. Connor today in in the behind enemy lines piece and he's you know, like he's not the same guy how could he be um but in a lot of ways Pitt has 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 been able to I don't want to say win in spite of that or or be successful in spite of that but in a way you know what I'm saying like they almost kind of have um so it's a kind of a fascinating sort of uh sort of matchup um injury wise it sounds like Virginia's going to be a, a lot healthier than they would have been if they played this game Saturday. Quinn says he's back to 100%, which I'm always dubious whenever a guy says he's back to 100%. Um, I think we're all expecting to see Andrew Brown. Um, certainly seemed like um, some of the guys who had been a little nicked up uh, were, were getting back. Um, you, you know, We're already kind of getting back in the mix. You know, David Eldridge, Andre Lavroni, um, maybe Kirk Benkirk's sh- other sh- non-throwing shoulder injury is better. But from a from a personnel standpoint, unless there's been something happening this week, it feels like Virginia should be in a good spot. Um, let's talk about your 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 expectations before we get to the the actual picks. Um, what are your expectations, Ferber, for for Saturday? Do you do you kind of see this being a game that that Virginia um, should win? Like, what are your what's your What's your thought process on how the thing should unfold even before we get to talk about how you think it will? I don't think it's necessarily a game Virginia should win. I think it's a game Virginia needs to win if they want to complete this turnaround that they're on, uh, for sure, just based on what's left on the schedule. But 
Uh, I, I think uh, Pitt, you know, they're going to be solid. I don't think they're going to score 37 points. Uh, if they do, I don't think UVA is going to beat them. But uh, I think that it'll be a close game. I think that UVA will be able to throw the ball like they have in recent games. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to put it up quite as many points as they did against Central Michigan or even maybe Duke. But I think that the opportunities are going to be there, and it's going to be about executing those. And, uh, you know, we'll see how rusty they are coming out of the bye week. Hopefully not at all. But, uh, you know, whether or not Banker can keep making the big plays and not just the little chunk plays, uh, I think that's going to be a big thing. And kind of keeping Pitt's defense on their heels a little bit. I think UVA's offense predicates, you know, is predicated on getting the ball out pretty quickly. So that might be able to neutralize the pass rush. And I think uh, I think they're going to give up their fair share of rushing yards on defense. So I think overall the game's going to be pretty close back and forth. And it's going to come down to, I think, which defense is, is a little better at executing against the strengths of the opponent. If UVA can do well against the run, then I don't see any reason why they can't win this game. If uh, Pitt's passing defenses plays better than they have, then I think they're going to have a great chance to win the game. That's a that's a good synopsis. I think too. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me this week is hearing Bronco talking about the met. You know, we're, we're, we've asked him several several different variations of a similar question, which is basically, what are the defensive metrics that you pay attention to that matter to you? And the th- he always goes back to points, which <laughs> kind of commonsensical, right? Like, oh yeah, that makes sense, but. He really doesn't care about – well, I don't want to say he doesn't care, but he doesn't put as much stock into, like, all of the other pieces that go into it, which is kind of fascinating to me because he's a metrics guy, right? He's a data guy, but he's so focused on points. And it's almost like the other things that happen only matter to him in terms of how they impact points, right? So if we're talking defense, we're talking offense, it doesn't really – special teams too. Everything for him is through the prism of points. So, like, we can talk about – you know, Pitt's got a bad, bad pass defense. We can talk about Pitt's uh, ability to get after the quarterback. But ultimately what it comes down to is points. And so I feel like, you, you know, I don't think Pitt's going to put a big number on the board. But I also think that one of Broncos' keys for, for, for a game like this, or pretty much any game, I guess, really, is he doesn't care if, if the team moves the ball, right? He, In some ways you almost feel like he learns. You know, he adapts as the game goes on. He does seem to have a really good knack for, like, calling – Later in the, he did that in the, in the two wins, right? Later in the game, he starts to, you know, he looks brilliant as a play caller, right? All of a sudden, like even if they're even if the calls aren't new, like they, they just have these breakthroughs. Now I don't know if part of that's because you know Frank Wintrick has them, you know, feeling fresher in the fourth quarter or what, um, but it does seem to to kind of resonate. But I just feel like in a, um, in, in some ways, Virginia's defense is going to be able to make plays. Uh, late in the game, even if that means giving up some yards at times. So, I mean, like the stats might make you know imply that this thing is a little bit out of hand. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about Pitt being able to um, to put together long drives. Virginia has has been better um, the last few games at getting off the field on third down, but that's still something of a little bit of a bugaboo. Like third and six, third and seven, teams can kind of go out there and get it. Um, so that's going to be important because you don't want to have them gr- keep grinding you down. Um, you know, you only have one Dante Wilkins, and it certainly sounds like Bronco believes he's basically the unsung MVP of the of the defense, um, which is hard for me to believe when you've got Kaiser out there. But um, to me, it's really going to come down to can the defense continue to make those plays late in the game, like they've made the last couple games, and like and, and you know, can, can Virginia run the ball with any consistency and take a little bit of a pressure off that passing offense? Um, my my expectation is that this is I, I mean we 
we've kind of been talking for the last, you know, since Richmond, basically, hey, listen, don't worry about bowl games. I do think they win this game. They start, you know, you put yourself squarely in that conversation. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that that's something folks should be focused on because it's certainly not something the team focuses on. But so I don't want to say this is a game they have to win or must win or any of that nonsense. I do think it's a game they can win. And, and to me, when you're when you're improving and you and you do have some momentum and you're playing at home and you're coming off a bye week, if it's a game you should win, then you, you can win, then it is a game you should win. And that's kind of the, the way I look at it. I, you know, I'm not going to go as far as to say like must wins or anything like that. But I do think if you're in a position to win this game, you have to you have to find a way to get it done. Um, so that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Dave, what about you? What what's your general expectation kind of thing for, for this weekend's game? How you how do you feel uh, about Virginia's chances without and we'll, we'll get to the picks right after this. But what, what do you what are your expectations? You, you kind of hit a lot of the points I've got. Um, I mean, first of all, as far as expectations, I think it's a game. Like year one of a rebuilding area, it's hard, it's hard to say a game is a must-win, but you know, after two weeks of, of progress and, and good results, um, I mean, if you're if Bronco has it backed, backed away from the old, we're trying to make a bowl thing. So from that aspect, this is a must-win. Um, it's hard to see a road where Virginia gets to a bowl game that doesn't include winning Saturday. Um, and then you kind of get into the whole psyche. For me as a fan, like, you know, it, I was looking it up. It's October 25th, 2014 is the last time Virginia played a football game at 500 or better. Wow. Um, that's a long time. So it's, so just the whole aspect of getting to three and three, like, I, I, th- I think that, you know, maybe it's just for the fans, but there's something good about that. And obviously it means you want another ACC game and you're two and zero in the conference. And that would be helpful as well. Um, so just given what's coming down the schedule, coming down the pike, I think you know if you're going to have a successful season, it includes beating, you know, winning this game on Saturday. As far as how you do it, yeah, I expect the first half is going to be frustrating because I expect long pit drops if they don't turn the ball over. Um, I don't think Broncos going to gamble early and let them score because he he you know if you want to drop 20, 20 plays and score, eighteen plays and score. I think he's okay with that initially until he kind of figures out what you're trying to do. Um, and he'll come back later in the game to try to, you know, try to um, offset that. But so I think for the first half, especially, you know, obviously the whole game, but the first half, especially, I think it's going to be vital that when Virginia does have the ball, that they a don't turn it over um, and B sustain drives, preferably with some, you know, some run and pass mix. Um, because I think there will be limited possessions compared to what we see in the last few games. Good point. For, you know, for keeping it close going into the fourth quarter at home with what we've seen from Bronco. Um, ideally, you come out and you're, you're up big. Um, but you know, I think just protecting the ball and being safe um, and not getting frustrated if he doesn't. You know, he's just not going to bring the house and try to shut him down early if, it, if he's not comfortable doing it in the scheme he's got. So. You know, I wouldn't. I'd be shocked if Pitt doesn't win the time of possession by what ten minutes, probably. Um, so I think it's going to come down to turnovers and special teams play. It's two pretty close teams, so you know if it's coming down to special teams play, you know, that's probably going to affect my my prediction. It will get to <laughs> a little while. Well, let's go ahead and do that, um, Dave. In the preseason, you had Virginia uh, winning this game, thirty-two to twenty-one. Um, what what say you now? How do you how do you feel about Virginia's chances of getting this victory? I don't know, man. I've, 
35-32 is the score I've got, but I have literally flipped it back and forth three or four times a day. Um, the brainy side of me says Pitt's going to win this one, uh, 35-32, just because you know, of the special team woes. But there's also a part of me, and I've told you guys offline and on the podcast, I think Hayward's the answer at kicker. Um, so I'm going to stick Virginia winning this one 35-32, mainly because I won't be able to watch the second half. I love how you get this whole thing about the the kicker. Um, and, and I've got no reason to think this guy's good other than seeing him. No, no, no. Like I lo- and, then you, and then you, and then you give him thirty five points. This is kind of funny. All right, uh, Ferber in the in the uh, preseason podcast, you had Virginia losing this game twenty seven twenty one to the Pitt Panthers. Uh, what 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 say you now? Yeah, I'm with Dave. This has been a really tough one uh, to predict. It's a uh, it's one of those games where it's just you kind of have to see it on the field, and I don't think a lot that happens will surprise me. But um, you know, I've gone back and forth, and I think I'm going to go with UVA actually, um, 31-27. I think that the key for UVA, especially offensively, is going to be a fast start. If they can kind of pick up where they left off against Duke, I think that they'll have that momentum and be able to sustain that throughout the game on offense. You know, we've talked about this before off the air, but. When UVA's offense is clicking, I mean, they're really clicking. They can really, you know, sustain drives and put back-to-back scoring drives together and make things happen. But when they're getting these quick incompletions and three and outs, it's, I mean, it really isn't clicking. Uh, whereas, like, other offenses they've run in the past, you know, you could see a bad drive followed by a good drive followed by right. a bad drive. It just depended. Whereas now I feel like it's more of a rhythm thing. So I think getting out to a good start is going to be a big thing. And I think they can do that against this pit defense. And uh, I think if they do that, then – uh, and get early lead, it'll force Pitt to be a little bit more aggressive in the passing game, and I think that favors UVA ultimately. But uh, I don't want to hedge too much, but uh, there's definitely a lot of scenarios where Pitt can just come down here and win this game anyway. Yeah, I, I, I can feel you. I, I, my thing is, and I and I, the thing I kept going back to today is the more I thought about this was, um, Virginia's gotten really good at scoring touchdowns in the red zone, and that was usually a bugaboo, right? And I just don't know if this Pitt defense – is going to break that streak. And this I know that's that's a weird kind of thing to latch onto, but I kept coming back to Virginia's going to have opportunities to score. They're going to get in the red zone and they've been they've been so much better this year at scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Um, you know, rather than than trying to kick field goals. I agree with Dave. I actually do think the Hayward kids probably the answer, but I don't have Virginia making a field goal in this one. I got them winning at 24 28-24. Um, a little bit more of a defensive battle than maybe many people are expecting, but um, I do think Virginia's offense. Ferber, you made the I think the, the the best point, which is getting quick starts are important um, for this team, and I, I do think they'll come out and and uh, because they they do seem to be a team that does really well when they've had time to prepare. Like when they 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 do make the most of the time that they they spend on the practice field. It seems like, um, and so I do think they'll they'll come out and and score some points early, and I think that's going to be a big a, a confidence boost. Because I mean, listen. We we can talk about two you know on a two game winning streak and you know whatever whatever but the reality is is like this is still a team full of dudes who are used to losing more often than not and it's gonna take a while for the winning part to, to kind of kick in so I I do think that they they'll come out they'll 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 get some some stuff going early and I feel like that'll that'll help them um all right let's I mean, leave my that. thirty five points include two field goals and going for two oh okay well that's <laughs> okay well I'm glad you clarified. Um, all right, let's 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 transition to a little hoops. We haven't talked hoops. I feel like in in a long long time, um, mainly because it wasn't basketball season. Um, 
so Virginia's going to go into this this season ranked in the top ten after losing the ACC Player of the Year, which I got to be honest, still blows my mind a little bit. Not going <laughs> to lie. Um, I, I I mean not I don't question it. I mean I, I kind of look at this team and I'm like, look, they got a four year point guard, they got a a top you know transfer. Um, and they got a lot of pieces with a lot of experience, and they probably have the deepest team they've had in God knows how long. But it's just, it, it, it is just worth a moment to just kind of appreciate. Like, this is a program that lost the ACC Player of the Year and multiple se- other senior contributors, and they're still top ten. Um, I, I just feel like that's a, that's, that's a significant kind of, uh, I don't want to say feat because you, really, you haven't won anything, but it does kind of tell you about kind of where the program is. What are your questions going into the season, though? I mean, we, we know we know who London is. We know we think we know some of the pieces, but we, there are obviously going to be some some new, some new parts, right? You you got not just Austin, but you got the young kids as well, and you're going to be asking some of the guys who are more role players before to kind of carry a little bit more. Uh, Ferber, let's start with you. Give me your some. What are your questions about UVA basketball going into the season? Give me like two or three. Um, what are some of the things you're you're curious to to and, and not necessarily worried about per se, but just your questions about this team going into the year? I think it's going to be interesting to see how the offense plays. With uh, I think in the past few years, I mean Anthony Gill's been a, a a pretty good offensive player, obviously in the post, but uh, has played with a lot of you know dominant guards uh, like Brogdon and Joe Harris before him. So I think it'll be interesting to see how the offense works if Austin Nichols becomes the focus at right. the four or the five, I guess, um, and just how they're able to play inside out. Does that become a strength? Uh, does that change the way that they play on the perimeter? Uh, does it change the way the defenses play them? And uh, and then who becomes, I guess my question would be, who becomes the primary uh, scorer on the wing? Uh, is it somebody like Mariel Shayok who's played in a lot of games and shown flashes? Is it somebody else on the roster? Obviously, there's a lot of other talented guys uh, like that are named Guy. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, I think that's going to be that's one of the biggest question marks, I guess, for the whole team. But uh, I'm not too worried about you know wing scoring, but I think it'll be interesting to see who emerges as that primary wing scorer. All right, Dave. What are what are some of your questions? What are what are, what are you wondering about this team as we get ready for Media Day Monday and um, everything that follows? What are, what are some of your your thoughts? I mean, not to cop out, but I think the number one question obviously is going to be chemistry. You know, the team seems to have a good bond, but you know that all goes up in smoke when it's real minutes being being divvied out during games that count, um, and especially when you play a, a defensive system that requires. It's almost like an offensive line in the way you have to work together to be successful. So, you know, at some point this year, there's going to be someone who's feeling you get hurt and they don't get the minutes they want. Is that going to affect the team? Because um, I don't think, you know, at no point in the Bennett area has there been this much talent top to bottom on the roster. Um, and there's no one on this team who wants to sit out next year. So it's just a matter. I don't anticipate that's going to be an issue, but even just kind of the chemistry you get from the talent, you know, what – the five guys we think might make the best offensive lineup. How how can they do enough on defense or Tony to play them together? Um, yeah, I think that's what we're going to be talking about through probably March. Um, yeah, I would like it to be shorter than that, but most likely we'll be talking about it for, for the whole season. And then the other big question for me is something um, is London Perante's. Like, I mean, we, we talked about it last year. Just imagining what he's going to do without you know when he's finally the lead dog. 
And now that Tom's here, but I start looking around and like, you know, he doesn't really need to do as much as I thought maybe he would have, would have, you know, projecting a couple years ago. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, I think last year he kind of stepped up with the vocal leadership and kind of the, the on the court, um, you know, just showing he was a leader to, to the person who didn't understand what was going on. Um, but it'll, I'm interested to see if, you know, does he become the primary scorer? Cause he's got that capability, but you know, is he going to just be comfortable? Is the team going to be better with him kind of, you know, being a distributor and scoring when needed? Um, and then the final question for me is just going to be uh, the post play. You know, it's is Nichols. I think we Nichols is going to be what he what we think he's going to be. Um, but we're, who's that second guy? Who do we go big, big, big a lot, or do we play Wilkins a lot at the four? So there's not a bad question there. They're all fun. I, I look forward to seeing them answer. Yeah, I, I, that you, you guys kind of hit on some of the, the some of the similar places I am. My other one is how do things kind of shake out on the wing? I mean, look. I feel like we've had variations of the same kind of discussion about what happens at the two and the three, you know, whether look, you've got Shayok Hall Thompson, right. As a kind of a, your veteran group. And then you have guy and Hunter. Um, well, Hunter's I, God knows how he's going to fit in is the dude. I mean, if he's, if he's legit six, eight, like I think he is, it's just going to be filthy. Um, but I, in terms of, Tony generally goes with experience, so you kind of feel like, okay, starting rotation. But I'm not really worried about starters. What I'm worried about are, like, today's point about chemistry, right? So, like, we know London's going to be the one. Uh, I'm a little bit curious as to how they're going to handle who's the, t- who, who's the backup point. I, I still think that there's a very good chance that, that Ty could redshirt, but I also think there's a, a very good chance he could play. So I, 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 I'm, I'm guessing that one's going to be kind of decided in practice. But how things shake out at the wing, I think it matters a lot because, one, I think Guy brings you something significantly different, right? He's a kid who, who is instant offense. I mean, Thompson's a great finisher. I, I think Hall has, has become a better shooter. Shayok is a nice slasher. But Guy gives you somebody who can park on the three-point line or he can hunt his shot, and it does. you have an inside-out threat with him and LaPerantis on the floor that you just don't have. And both of them are very good creators. They're very good passers. They've got good vision. Um, that's one of the things about Guy. Like he's not a point guard, but he he is a good passer. I think like that was something that stood out to me about about his game, and and certainly uh, I think something he can uh, improve on. I do expect that Nichols will be the focal point, and I and I think it's it'll be interesting because Virginia has has historically the last few years at least struggled to get the ball inside to a big man in a position for him to do something with it. Right? Like how many times did we watch? You know Toby or Gill, and they they just weren't able to get consistent touches. You know, post repost that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of the stuff that they got didn't necessarily seem um, it it wasn't clean. Let's just say, it, even when Mike Scott was there, a lot of the stuff he just he would float and he he catch that on the baseline. And he just hit that J. Now speaking of Mike Scott, that J that that if if, if Isaiah Wilkins can can extend that range, Virginia becomes I think a completely different team. One, it opens up slashing opportunities for, for some of the bigger guards. Two, you do have an, a, a lot of possibilities with Guy offensively. And then three, I think Nichols is, is, is going to Nichols is going to have the kind of season that you expect a kid like him to have on a team like this when, when he's had a chance to, to kind of get to know him. Chemistry is going to be a thing to watch. And then defensively, I think they're going to struggle early on. 
And I think they're going to be much, much better by the end of the year because I do think that they, they have some nice pieces. But I think that's going to be one of the things that's going to hold younger guys' minutes down and how Nichols adjusts to the pack line. I mean, look, we know he had a, he blocked a lot of shots when he was at Memphis, but this is a different animal, right? Um, he's going to have to move his feet. He's going to have to be continuous, and that's you're not going to be on the floor if you don't do those things, regardless of how good you are offensively. Ask Mike Toby. Um, like, Mike Toby's playing in the NBA, right? He's still on the roster, right? He's still looking Charlotte and Charlotte, right? But like Mike Toby, you know, might make an NBA roster, and he couldn't, and he really couldn't get consistent time last year, right? Like he was, it was up and down and up and down. Nichols is going to have to play defense. Everybody's going to have to play defense, and I do think that the year's going to start off pretty rocky. The schedule is another is another question mark for me, which is like, it's not, it's not easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's there's some. I mean, like that that random game with Villanova in the middle of ACC play. Like, what? Um, it's going to be challenging, and I do think that it, it's great for them because they will be m- extremely prepared by the time March rolls around. Um, but I think the, the 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 biggest thing that I want to see early on from from the Cavaliers is that the way last year ended doesn't creep up on them. And, the, and, and I understand that there are a lot of pieces that aren't back. I understand that, you know, they lost a lot off of that team and they're still, you know, this is a new team, new year or whatever. But, like, the way that that season ended, it, it, it had to have left a bad taste in their mouth. When, 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 when games start, are they able to kind of put teams away and not have that, that thing kind of creep up on them? Um, are they able to, if teams start to, you know, to press them a little bit, are they able to, to continue to, to, to break that press and, and be sound with the ball? Um, again, chemistry is a, is going to be a thing. Like, there's just a lot of it's not a lot of pieces. You know, we haven't even talked about like four or five guys on the team. You know what I mean? Like, that's how deep they are. They have a they have a freak of nature that we haven't even mentioned. Um, so I feel like in a lot of ways, chemistry is going to be a thing that they're going to, you know, they're going to have to tweak and and, and kind of massage for a, for a while. I mean, it, you know, it'll be what half, I would think sometime in December before they really get a a feel for who they are and how everything fits together. And that's one thing that Virginia's done really well in the past, right? They've had role players who understood their job and who did their job well. They're, they're going to have to define those roles pretty quickly um, for this team. And so I, that's that's one thing for me uh, as they go forward is, is wondering, like, how, how are they able to put last year behind them and are they able to to, to kind of become th- their own their own group versus trying to move on from being that group? Um. So yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, I think that's uh, agreed. Yeah, <laughs> ten out of ten would do again. Um, but I mean, I, I'm trying. To, I was looking at the schedule this afternoon, and I'm trying to figure out like, like there's a lot of games. I, I, I always forget how many games in our basketball season until it gets ready to get here. Um, should be a lot of fun though. I, I know folks are are eagerly awaiting the start of season. Um, any are are you guys going to um? The meet the team day, Dave. I'm planning on it. Yes, that was a very tentative planning hey, on. Man, it. I got I got two kids, man. I don't play. I am pretty sure what I'm doing tomorrow morning too, Brad. That's just kind of how my life is. <laughs> <laughs> well, living on a prayer. You know, we don't normally. I mean, I haven't historically gone um, to these, honestly. Um, but I was thinking, you know what? Next next Sunday, I, you know, I could do that. Um, just to, just to kind of get a, to be able to watch it. I mean, generally, I, I mean the, I don't want to say the unspoken piece of this, but I mean, generally like, 
media types we don't really we don't really go to the to to the to the things like the like these kinds of events but i think i probably will go to this one um just to just to kind of get a feel for the guys well I'm, I'm hopeful we'll get to watch a little bit of something sometime soon but then again they they keep surprising me um well i think this is a, a good place to put a pin in it we've covered we've covered football we've covered some hoops um obviously a big recruiting weekend for the cavaliers coming up this weekend on um on the football front and then virginia um basketball recruiting will kind of pick up as as the season goes so we'll have more information coming on that um as well probably get into a little bit of that on the podcast soon so want to thank everybody out there for giving us a listen want to thank you guys for being on the show as always um for david spence for justin ferber i'm brad franklin publisher of calfscorner.com thanks for coming out we'll see you soon